Welcome to our talk of the week, and we're in this series uh, called City on a Hill. And our theme for today is is thankfulness and remembering, and how these are such uh, powerful tools and ways of living uh, that help us to uh, step into that design that God has for us as church to be this city on a hill that shows the goodness, the love, the presence, the power of God to the world around. And fascinating thinking about the history of Israel and seeing how God wove thankfulness and remembering into the fabric of that nation. So you may or may not know, Israel began with one person. God spoke to one person who um, who was living a hard life. And he said to that person, Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make you into a mighty nation, into a, into a big nation through which I will bless the whole world. And he spoke that to a man who is too old and his wife is too old to have children uh, into a really uh, hopeless looking situation. And as we track with the, the nation of Israel over history, you see time and time again how things didn't seem to be working out for them. And yet, this promise that God was making them into a nation through which the whole world would be blessed was unfolding um, in the midst of these challenging circumstances. And what we see in the, in the way that the people of Israel lived as they were walking with God is that they would remember and they would recite and they'd recount the things that God had done. And these, these are real keys for us in terms of how we live as God's people on earth now. I'm just going to start off by looking at a passage in Acts chapter 6, where you have Stephen, who was a, a Jewish man, a, a Jewish Christian. Um, so this is, Acts is written after Jesus died and rose from the dead and um, went to heaven. And uh, and the, and the church has begun here. It's begun to sort of explode. And uh, Stephen is one of those first believers. And as he uh, is faced by a really challenging situation, he steps back into the Hebrew, the, the nation of Israel's way of um, recognising who they are and who God, who their God was by recounting the things that had, that had come before. And he gets, so he starts to recount Israel's history. And so, let me just find this. This is in Acts chapter 7. Stephen addresses the council. Um, so basically, Stephen is accused and he's brought before, before the, the Jewish um, religious council. This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and honourable fathers, listen to me. And just as we, as we read this bit of passage, just have a look at um, how challenging the circumstances were for the people of God. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he moved to Haran. God told him, leave your native land and your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. That's a good start, isn't it? Leave all your family uh, and follow a God that you don't really know yet. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square metre of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole country would belong to Abraham and his descendants, though he had no children yet. (laughs) 
But God also told them that his descendants would live in a foreign country where they would be mistreated as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God told him. And in the end, they will come out and worship me in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. And so Isaac, Abraham's son, was circumcised when he was eight days old. Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of the 12 patriarchs of the Jewish nation. These sons of Jacob were very jealous of their brother Joseph. Great, we've got all sorts of dysfunction here, haven't we, going on. Uh, a promise of, of being mistreated for, for hundreds of years, um, dysfunctional family. Jacob, uh, so the brothers were very uh, jealous of Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him from anguish. And God gave him favour before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that all, so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of all the affairs of the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and, and Canaan. And there was great misery for our ancestors as they ran out of food. So this is just a few, um, a few generations of the beginning of the nation of Israel. And Stephen goes on re- recounting the history of Israel right through Moses. Um, for the next uh, 41 or 42 or so um, verses of, of chapter 7. And do you see within, within the midst of this, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, sort of t- a weaving of two things. On the one hand, there's a, there's a call and there's a blessing and an intervention of God. And on the other hand, there's a, a significant coming against and a, and a challenge and a, and, a, and a hardship and a, almost like a sort of testing that comes up against the people who are, walking in uh, into the promise of God. And this for us should be so encouraging because isn't it the same for us now? We live in this world and we, and we have within us this, Paul talks about us having within us this treasure that's hidden within jars of clay within inside us. We have this hope and this expectation of, we, we've discovered something of who Jesus is and, and who we are in light of that and how we fit into God's story in light of that. And yet we come up against time and time again um, hardship and struggle and, uh, and and there's brokenness and there's pain around us. And the comfort that we get from looking back over the Bible through uh, through history, looking at the, the thousands of years of the, um, the history of the, the nation of Israel and then looking through church history from when Jesus came as well, uh, we see that there's this that there's this struggle and there's this ongoing challenge. But it's in that very place of um, challenge of trial of struggle that the people of God and other people too um, meet 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 the power of God experience God and the challenge the challenge for people in this setting and we see so often don't we that um, that in the midst of those challenges and those trials the nation of Israel didn't always uh, remain faithful to God did they and when they and when they and when they forgot about the Lord then actually things would go, would go, they would start to self-destruct. We see you know, times like they're led out of um, slavery in Egypt, have a miraculous crossing over the, over the water. And then pretty soon they're in the desert and, they, and, they're, and they're saying, you know, where is God? Is he really real? What, you, know, you know, does he care about us at all? There's nothing to eat, nothing to drink. Um, and and, and, and they, they quickly forget But God weaves into the fabric of this nation that he's establishing through which he's going to bless the whole world. This habit of remembering what he's done thus far, what he's done so far. 
And they developed this calendar of festivals. So Passover being one where they remember that escape from Egypt. And then as they carry on in their journey, they, they cross over the Joshua takes them in, and into the promised land. And as they, as they cross over the, the river Jordan, they have a, a again, a miraculous, um, provision of passageway across the river Jordan. And they, and, and God takes them across this flooded river, uh, on dry land. He, he separates the waters. And, and, and they remember that moment by taking stones out from the, from the, from the sort of riverbed in the middle of, um, the river Jordan. And they, and they, and they build a kind of monument there. So that the na- so, so that the nations, uh, sorry, not the nations, the generations to come will see those piles of stones and be told by their their ancestors, their their, their parents and their, and their grandparents, look, these stones came from the middle of the river here. They were taken. The, the people came across on dry land in, in this miraculous passageway that God provided, and it's a way of remembering what God has done. And then we see that the nation of Israel begins to form further and and uh, uh, and we and we start to get into the time when the Samuel was the prophet, moving before we have the kings of Saul and and, and then David. And again, Samuel leads the nation of Israel in a time of real struggle, and uh, th- there's constant opposition from from the Philistines and the other nations are, around that are trying to destroy the nation of Israel, um, as God's leading them into their purposes. And there's a time in one Samuel um, chapter. 12 verse chapter 7 verse 12 I think it is 1 chapter 1 Samuel 7 verse 12 and uh, and Samuel here takes a large they've had a victory over the Philistines who are um, attacking them and Samuel uh, took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshanah and he named this stone Ebenezer the stone of help for he said up to this point the Lord has helped us so he has this stone, which again, they set in the ground as being a memory point of God has helped us this far. And we can re- see that stone and remember what God has done. So uh, a key feature for, of life for the, for the people of Israel was remembering in the, in the geography, in the landscape, seeing piles of stones, seeing things that remind them of what God has done. And in their calendar, in their times, remembering the different festivals that celebrate the different moments of their life, the tabernacles, their time that they had in the desert and how um, they had these living in shelters in the desert. Looking back, do you remember that time that was, that was hard and yet God was with them there? And, and then if we move right the way through uh, the Old Testament, um, because what's more is all of these, these festivals and these signs, these deliverances, we're all pointing as well to, to Jesus coming as a, as a, as a, as an ultimate rescuer. And then we see in the, in the, in the New Testament, the, the, the church forming and growing and, and throughout the letters that we have that Paul writes, for example, and that when we see the believers gathering together, uh, such a key thing for them is thankfulness and remembering what what, what God has done amongst them. So Paul often writes, as I thank God for what he's done amongst you. I thank God for the, for the work that he's, that he's done in you. And there's this looking back and remembering what God has done prior. And this is really what helps us as followers of Jesus to inhabit and step into, um, the, the, the life that he has for us. We see as we look at the, the stories of the Old Testament and the struggle that they came up against, the, the importance of remembering and, and, and knowing that, we're, that, that, that the people of Israel are part of a bigger story 
that yes, when they, when they were attacked and when they were uh, felt on their own in the desert, they could look back and say, actually, no, we're part of a bigger story here. We remember what God's done before. We remember who our God is. Remember who we are, and therefore we can press on um, into the, the 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 promises and the expectation and the life that God has for us. And exactly the same is true for us. So often we face struggles and challenges and we can look at those and think, ah, God's not with us. We must have messed things up. We can't, we can't, we can't do this. Am I going mad? Is this all true? But the great encouragement we get when we look at the Bible is that that's a place that many, many people have been in before us. And actually, uh, we, we, we live in the tension of the now and the not yet of who God is and what his plans and purposes are. And there's a design on us as God's people, as uh, people of faith. And, uh, and obviously God's design is that everyone would, would know him and would live life this way. There's a design on us to be a people that believe the bigger story when the smaller circumstances looks awful. I think God deliberately wants us to be often in a place of weakness because that's where we discover him. That's where we encounter him. That's where we grow. And so we're having this uh, Thanksgiving kind of festival uh, next week. So meals on Thursday nights on the 25th of November in homes. And we're wanting this to be, this could perhaps be something that we do as a church every year. Um, a kind of an Ebenezer, like in, that, in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 7, a kind of a, an Ebenezer type of um, occasion where we say, look, this is where you've taken us so far, God. And off the back of where God's taken us so far, we can be encouraged and expectant and have faith for the, for the journey ahead. I was talking with Andrew and Charlie about some of the things that God's been doing within Hope, uh, actually over the last 20 years, and how these small little seeds have really grown. And I'm like, oh, I've completely forgotten about that. Or, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't seen it like that. But as we're in, a, in an environment um, where we're remembering and we're seeing things through God's perspective, through that lens of faith and hope and thankfulness, then we become people who can, our faith levels are raised, uh, our expect- expectations are raised for what God can do with us now and in the future. So that's why we're really having um, this this festival of kind of thankfulness, this kind of Ebenezer-y kind of festival, remembering what God's done. And we, we produced this book um, in 2016. We called it A Year of Hope, Remembering the Good Things that God Has Done Amongst Us. And we, we're thinking we should produce another one now, 2020, looking back over this past year. And like with the people of Israel, it's been a time of struggle, hasn't it? There's been some really harsh stuff. But it's, and it's, but it's been so rich from hearing from people in hope, sharing stories of, um, we've had a, a shocking time with, with COVID. Um, but actually we've, we've, we've met God in the midst of our pain. And, um, you know, some people have, have had a real shocker. And uh, again, we've been so encouraged just talking with different people in the church and hearing the stories of what God has been doing amongst us. They're there. There are these stories. And so, um, what we want to do on this, uh, for this Thanksgiving festival and, and beyond either side of it really, probably coming into land by producing a, a book like this in sort of January next year, looking back over the last year. We really want to celebrate the things that God has done. And, and really this is for three reasons. One of them is because this is, this is worship. This is, um, 
fixing our eyes on God and, 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 and uh, a way of acknowledging him and his presence and his leadership and, and his lordship in our lives. Another one is reminding ourselves and each other that we're part of this bigger story. And that's what thankfulness does. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a faith expression of we, we recognize that we're part of something bigger. And the third reason we want to do this really is to is is to give us each other and ourselves and future generations a, a leg up, a step up. We want our ceiling to be their floor, don't we? We want um, we, we want to see others thrive and flourish and take on uh, challenges of faith that are bigger than those that we've taken on. We know that there's so so much need for the gospel, for um, Jesus, for His kingdom to come. In, in and around us, we see the poverty. We're hearing of of, of, of knife crime going up in, in in the city of Bristol and around here, violence, and we're particularly praying into that at the moment. And uh, challenges with climate and and, and all, all all sorts of things. We need more of God's presence and God's power uh, and God's breakthrough. And part of the way that we press into this is by being a people who remember, by being a people who are thankful. So going to leave it at that, a very short message for the talk of the week this week. But it's, uh, it's, it's an encouragement for us, particularly when life is feeling really hard and when we feel like, gosh, things aren't working out as I thought God would intend them to. Don't be discouraged uh, in those moments when things go wrong. It doesn't mean that God is not with you. We see through um, the people of God, through biblical history, so often that um, trial and challenge and opposition come uh, in the face of God's plans and God's purposes. And those are opportunities for us to get to know God more. In those moments of challenge, that's the moment not to turn away from God in hopelessness, but actually turn towards him in intimacy and say, Okay, God, this is where I'm at right now. Can I experience you? Can I encounter you? Can I track with you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my confidence in Jesus, that your death and your resurrection have made everything possible. I'm going to choose not to be anxious about anything, but to give you my prayers, my petitions, my requests. I'm going to remember the things that you've done in my story already this far. I'm going to remember the things you've done in other people's lives, the stories that I've heard from others in in hope, in the community, um, the stories of of history, the stories of the Bible. And I'm going to make that my launch pad from which I see the world. That will be the place I stand on. So, Lord, we want to thank you as we come into land with with this message. Just want to thank you for what you've done before. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. Thank you for what you've done in our church and our community and our city. Thank you for what you've done in history, what we see in the, in the Bible. And with that in mind, we press on. We want to be this city on a hill which shows your goodness to the world around us. Amen.